from a newspaper ad that was seen by his mum in 1973. A cricket-loving failed art student named Jim got a job at the ABC. He didn't think he'd get selected for a playing career, so he didn't really have a choice. What he had was an encyclopedic love of the game And a place where he could find his voice After publishing a cricket magazine at school He knew what he wanted to be He went from tuning into cricket on his crystal set To calling it the SCG with the gravitas of McGilvray, John Arlott's poetry and his own sense of fun. Jim Maxwell found his voice in cricket commentary. That voice went on to become the voice of summer, the voice of sun, the voice of leather, willow, wickets and runs, the voice of mad dogs and Englishmen, the voice of summer. For 50 years, he's been the voice of summer. Now he's part of the national consciousness It's part of the seasonal drill There might be sunshine and cicadas and lawns to be mown But it's not really summer until The voice comes on the radio Saying hello, hello, welcome to the show A voice rich in poetry and wisdom and prose The voice everybody knows the voice of sunshine, the voice of rain The voice of lightning cracking over the cane The voice in the car, in the shed, on the train The voice of summer for 50 years The voice of sunshine, the voice of rain The voice of lightning cracking over the cane The voice in the car, on the yard, on the train The voice of summer for 50 years Being the voice of summer his voice is never moribund, benign, or soporific, or torpid, or something like it's always just terrific. The voice of summer. The, the wacky genius of Dennis Carnahan. Mate, that was outstanding, Dennis. It's a great song, and to see you do it live was something else. Jimmy, what a way to welcome you back in. What a performance. That was superb. That was superb. I mean, you know, he should get a, a job in Hollywood or so, somewhere on the big stage. I'm sure he's looking for it because he's going to have a couple of shows, a few reviews, as he has in the past. Uh, thank you, Dennis, very much for that. Uh, it's a privilege to hear that. And I know Jen, my wife, is just standing in the background. Uh, she's been looking forward to a live performance so thanks and thanks and thanks again. Awesome. Uh, it's one of the privileges of life to have had that done as you reach a milestone. It really was extraordinary. Sorry, I've got a bit of... Oh, I know. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Well, someone who you've worked with for many, many years, he can tell us how many. Harsha Bogle, so good to see you here as we celebrate your good mate Jimmy. How long have you worked with Jimmy for over the years? Well, I, f I first came around as... I was much younger, obviously. We all were just trying to... F find his way around Australia it was 32 years ago. Really? Yeah. It was end, end of 1991. I think I was a curiosity. Yeah. 
with Jim and Tim and Neville. I was a bit of a curiosity. And suddenly there was this Indian accent on air. But I always wished I had that, that gravelly oh, no. the feel for the game. I think Jim Maxwell has done outstandingly today to actually get a word in after that song. Yes. I wouldn't have. Yes. I wouldn't have. It, it, it took him about 15 or 18 sentences to get a little emotional. Yeah. I would not have got a word out. And I'll tell you this today, Jim. If, if I had to finish, I wouldn't have minded someone singing, singing mm. that for oh, me. Oh, Dennis will look after you. Dennis, Dennis is an absolute champion. But what Dennis has done here is to honor somebody who's genuinely the voice of the game. I've been listening to Jim Maxwell longer than the 32 years that I've, I've worked with him. The voice is something you are bestowed with. The voice is not something you work on. The voice is something you're bestowed with. But the love runs deep. Love not just for Australian cricket, but the love for the little club that, that you grew up playing. And the love is pure and the love is natural. And I didn't just enjoy working with Jim here in, on, on the great cricket grounds in Australia, but on a couple of excellent tours of India, where we had a lot of fun together. Some adventure as well. We're going to get fun. to that, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I figured I might get a couple of questions in early, because then I can... My hope is just to hear you two reminisce about some of the great moments you've had. But, Harsha, apart from establishing yourself over three decades as being an elite international broadcaster, you've worked with the elite right around the world. What, what is it? You mentioned Jim's love of the game, his passion for the game, and that's, that's palpable in every aspect of it. What, what else about his broadcasting to you stands out? I think he was made for radio because he had just this extraordinary gift of being able to identify moments, identify players, and being able to present the picture of the game. He always talks about Alan McGilvery and all that he learned about Alan McGilvery. But to come out of the shadows of a giant and then to become the giant yes. yourself... That, that, is not, that is not very easy. And I think Jim established his, his own style, slightly rasping at times. You could tell how Australia were going. He didn't fly the flag for Australia, but you could tell how Australia were going. And it was, it, it was an absolute privilege to work with him. Do you hear the two names coming together? I think I've done all right too, just to hear the two names coming together. But we had, we've, we've had some great times in the box. I think when you're working on radio, the collar is such an integral part of the summer. You always have the summarizer alongside, but the caller just sets the scene, creates the mood. You've got to know the game. You've got to have a love for the English language. Our common friend Peter Roebuck always said that, that you must have the twin loves, the love of cricket and the love of the English language. And I think Jim had both, much as Peter did, and we miss Peter a lot as well. But I, I think that is what it was. If, if you're just listening to the game for a couple of minutes... You've got to know what happened. You've got to know what the score is. That's something the ABC is always impressed on people. Tell people what the score is. But to be able to do all that and yet to have a little lyricism about it, yeah. a little romance about it, that doesn't come to everybody. And Jim won't you know, enjoy all this, but he is unique in that area. His vocabulary is extraordinary. And Jim, I know having listened to you for most of my life and having the joy of working with you for the last nine years, that you get such joy of working with our international guests here and, of course, when you're on assignment overseas at Ashes World Cups, uh, tours of India all over the world, to the Caribbean and so on. You and Harsha seem to have a very special relationship and, and I'll go back to listening to, to both of you together. We had a lot of fun in India and um, um, there's a, probably a, a, an associate friend of ours who was also an excellent commentator on the ABC who should be forewarned that... Uh, Harsha may tell the story about uh, Chennai 
<laughs> and how we lost our commentary box the night before the test. You, you better tell that story, Harsha. It, it was it was, was one cool. of the great leg pulls of all time. You, men you. you mentioned it in your book as well. I, yes. I think I was being a bit cruel. We were in Chennai, but before that we were in Kolkata. Mm. We were in Kolkata. It would have been 2001. Yes. We are in Kolkata and there were two telephones, two telephone lines there. One, was, one had to be marked ISD and one had to be marked ISDN. Right. ISDN was the data line, ISD was the phone, for the phone line, and for some reason the stickers got interchanged. Mm. And so the quality of the uh, voice coming through on the ISD line wasn't as good. And so we actually did a little bit on Jim's mobile phone. Mm. I think he's still paying the interest on, the, <laughs> uh, on how much it cost. <laughs> so we do six balls on the phone, pass it to the summarizer, get mm. it back. So by the time we came to Chennai, I think the word was, look, it was all right in Kolkata as a one-off because we discovered at the end of the day what the, the, the stickers had been interchanged. We've come to Chennai, and I think the word that's come through from Australia is, look, we can't have that quality of broadcast. Not the content, but the quality of the line. So Jim and Glenn Mitchell have gone the previous evening to check whether everything is okay. And <laughs> did you actually lose the box? Or did I make that, that up as well? You, you were the bloke who rang Glenn. I rang and, Glenn. And, 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 I put uh, on my and did a bit of uh, impersonation. I put on my best uh, South Indian accent. And I said to Glenn, I'm calling from the ground. And unfortunately, the ground authorities need the box that's been provided to you. And so you might have to come to the ground now because you've got to find another spot to broadcast from. And Glenn got all worked up. Mm. And that was playing into my hands, of right? And, and he, couldn't, he couldn't pick my voice because I put on the South Indian accent. And I said, sir, I am only trying to help you, but uh, you're getting angry with me. What I can do? And next thing I know is the lines dropped on me. And a couple of minutes later, I said, maybe I've been a little too cruel. So I've called up Jim's, uh, Glenn's room again, trying to say, Glenn, it's okay. It was just me. And no answer. So now I'm thinking, what do I do now? I knew Jim's room number. So I went and knocked on Jim's door. Meanwhile, Jim has been interrupted in the middle of a live cross that he's doing to the ABC. And there's a very worked up Glenn Mitchell standing outside saying, we've lost our box, what should we do? And the two of them are sitting there saying, okay, what do we do now? Until Glenn came up with a classic, let's call Harsha, he might know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Little aware that he was actually calling the perpetrator. And by the time I rang the doorbell, Glenn opened the door and it suddenly struck him, it might have been me because I was not supposed to be there. He said, he said it wasn't you. And I said, I'm sorry, it was me. <laughs> oh, dear. The things that happen on tour when you're yeah. good friends, eh? I don't, think it's, I don't think they, forg they took a long time to forgive me for what I did. So cheerio, Glenn, if you're listening in Perth. <laughs> I remember listening to those tours when you guys had to do it off mobile phone from time yeah, to time. We had the commissioner of police sitting outside yeah. the box because there were eight blokes inside the box trying to sort the line out. So we sat outside in Nagpur, you might recall, Peter Roebuck, commissioner of police. We got him on the air, actually. Uh, we had a bit of fun with it. We did. So, and he made, and it was Jim more than anybody else who made a character, literally made a radio character out of Ascora. Ascora, yes. yes. Mr. Subramanian. who kept calling me for a long time after that. Yes. And he's saying, "Where is Jim Maxwell? Where is Jim Maxwell?" <laughs> People <laughs> thought we made him up, yes. so we took photos and actually got him on air, although he couldn't speak much yeah. English, and we actually got him on air. And because um, I was one listener at the time who thought you had made this chap up, he was a bit of a classic as a scorer. If you asked him something, 
He'd look up at the television, <laughs> remember? <laughs> to see what was going on. Oh, it was very funny. Harsha, you, I mean, you spent your life travelling the world covering this, this wonderful sport, and you've been on many tours yeah. with Jim. How is he as a tourist? Yeah. The Iceman Cometh, I remember that one, <laughs> Tim Lane. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's been great fun. But largely, I love that you had a long pause there. I had a long pause because I was trying to get the right word out. But we had a lot of fun in, uh, in India, a lot of fun in Australia. And we did share a pizza and a glass of wine in England. Yes. In, in, a, in a sort of pizza chain. And Jim is single-handedly responsible for converting a complete non-alcoholic, non-drinker into a lover of red wine. Sadly for him, and very luckily for me, he could not do the same with that other monstrosity in Australia called Vegemite. Ah, yes. <laughs> you, you thought it was boot polish when we gave you a jar. <laughs> so, uh, someone gave me a sandwich, and was, I, I, I struggled after the first bite. Yeah. And they tried telling me it's, it's part of Australian culture. And I remember saying on air on the ABC, I said, no mother can be as unkind as to give her children a Vegemite sandwich, and they gave me a whole jar at the end. I had it for toast, on toast this morning for breakfast. No, you didn't. I did, of course I did. And you survived to tell the story. And <laughs> loved it. But you got to, yeah, it's very careful how you spread it out with the, with the butter and so on. You're very famous for a chili incident. <laughs> the old Sydney cricket ground, wasn't it? Right. Yes, the, yeah, the, just below where we're sitting yes. now. Yeah, when what? people could actually reach yes. out through the window and give you stuff. Correct. This is what happened for those who want to hear it again. In strike with just a slip and a whitish, deepish gully to Clark, who's pushing out on the offside. It'll take a single out to deep point and it'll go up to 260 Australia 5144. Okay, last point before we change the topic on the Naga chilies. Yeah, I've cut a little portion out for you, mm -hmm. so you've got only a little half millimeter worth to eat, but you can smell it first. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh, no, no, why? No, no, that, that is uh... okay. Okay. That, that could... Uh, just, just to induce shame among all Australians, I'm actually going to have a little piece Are you going to have a piece? Yes. Go. And that's minuscule. That's all I'm offering you too. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, go. Ish Ishan Sharma. We're now to the left-handed hustle. I love it when you talk hot. <laughs> and he lets it go through outside the awesome. Okay, here we go. Oh. Anything? What do you got? How's your tongue? Water boy. Medic! <laughs> Medic! <laughs> commentary for a while. <laughs> I've switched the button off, gone for a while. Could Dr. Jones please report to the ABC box? Can we get. There's Ishan Sharma. And he's bowling to Hussey who pushes on the offside for a second. Oh. Naga Jalokia, Capsicum Chinense is also oh. known as Bud Jalokia, B Jalokia, Naga Morich, Raja Mirchi. It's been certified by a number of independent <laughs> tests and by the Guinness Book of Records as the hottest chili in the world. <laughs> <laughs> At a little over a million scores. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it has the same heat level as many of the extreme hot sauces that have distilled chili extract in them. Oh. Uh, your eyes are watering even listening to that with the great <laughs> Kerry O'Keefe. Uh, the, funniest, the funniest part of it all was because Kerry refused to have it. And I said, here's an Aussie chickening out from a challenge. I said, when was the last time you saw an Aussie chickening out for a challenge? And because the, the audience was seated right across, 
you open the window and there they were and they started to slow hand clap Kerry and Michael Clark was batting I think on mm. 260 or something yeah. when the slow hand clap barracking started he thought it was about him yeah and he turned around and said he sort of turned around I don't know what he said but he turned around and I asked Michael many years later when I got to know him I said 260 do you remember? he said yeah I, I thought I'm batting well and what's the slow hand clap about it was because they were urging Kerry to have a piece he, he refused and it was a challenge I shouldn't have taken we, we only have a few minutes left before the news, but, but Harsha, with, with Jim Maxwell, um, if people ask you, when people ask you, what's he like? What's Jimmy like? What do you say? He's fun. He likes his, he likes, he's fun. He likes his red wine. Mm. I think he loves his cricket even more. But, Jim, let me ask you this. A, a, a nice glass of red wine or a cracking cover drive on the first morning of a test match? You could do both. <laughs> Not on the John first Ar morning. Not on the first morning. No, John Arlott probably wouldn't have even done that. He did it at 5 o'clock, but not at 11 o'clock. You wouldn't do it at 11? <laughs> no. No, but I was in a hard school uh, originally where there was a, a little bit of liquid floating around at certain times during the day, but not with the first ball. And in fact, the last Ashes series began with that uh, magnificent cover drive from Creepy Crawly, you might remember. <laughs> he smashed Cummins yeah. through the covers for four. That was Bazball. Uh, now, that is Jim Maxwell in commentary. You heard yeah. that? That was Bazball? Record that. That was it. <laughs> that yes. is beautiful. I don't know how much time I have, but I do, I, I do want to I've say that. I've got a few minutes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope this voice remains the voice of summer for many, many more years to come because you cannot have cricket on air in Australia without Jim Maxwell, can you? No, it was like when Richie Benno retired and then passed away, we lost the voice of television in Australia, and we, we don't want to do that with the voice of... So you've got no, no plans again with the, that, Jimmy, have you? Yeah, the voice of television. I'm, I'm, I'm voice is an to the pictures, not yes, what Jimmy It does. hasn't happened to you yet, Harsha, but the question is asked every now and then, so when are you going to retire? I said, I don't know. Okay, sarah, sarah, you just keep going, don't you? The future's not asked to see. It's erect. Yeah. But you're not enjoying... Uh, covering Test cricket any less than before, eh? Not at all, particularly after the Ashes yeah. this year. I mean, that was one of the most pulsating, dramatic, absorbing series you could ever watch. As long as Test cricket's like that, you've got to be in the box talking about it uh, because it's so much fun. And that's what I, I enjoy about the cricket most of all, that sort of sense of fun and the involvement, as Harsh would know, of the crowd. It's pretty good in Australia, but in England, because of the intimacy of the venues, it's stronger. It really does explode into the microphone. Yeah. And you could almost say nothing for a little bit and just listen to the crowd. I wonder if there's a young Jim Maxwell listening in who wants to become a broadcaster and says, I like T20 more. Ooh. All I would tell I have an issue. Do, do not meet Jim. One of the things I want to do to Jim before I leave and I'm hoping we'll, we'll meet again next year, is to tell him, you know what, this T20 is very good, Jim. Come, let's do a T20 game together. And let, let's, come on, let's match the pace. It's like two musicians matching the pace. Come on, it's happening a little quicker. It's, my, it's uh, very good, T20, Jim. When we started before the BBL, we used yeah. to do it, right? In a couple of yeah. years. And we used to do it out at the uh, Olympic Stadium. And uh, it was very, very amusing uh, because we played Barry White and all sorts of people. Oh, Barry White, yeah, no. Yeah. No, not Barry my White. My first, my last, my <laughs> everything. Uh, we played that to a, 
Oh, well, it did take the mickey out of the game a bit, but we were having fun, as we always do when we're at a cricket match. So, we got, we got the yeah. news coming up. Harsha, so good to see you. Thank you, you I, I know you're happy to come in here and talk about Jimmy, and may this partnership long continue. Thank you, Jimmy. Pleasure. Love you, mate.